1: Much for tuning in to episode 24 Huddles and Stout. Unless you're living under a rock, give you aware that we had a division round last weekend and we're headed straight for a collision course that is Championship Sunday. Delicious. I'm joined yet again by the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Throcky. Rocky.
2: How are you, mate? Good, Sascoch. I was a uh, I was at the Leinster game on the weekend, and I might have been sabotaged by the general public with uh, a bit of a dose. So, if I if I unexpectedly mute, you might have to cover for me. I'm in a coughing fit.
1: But good otherwise. How we, are you? We'll try his best. How are you hanging there? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm I'm
1: good. I'm 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 good. I obviously, had a fantastic weekend. Not to talk about other codes too much, but obviously, Philly won, Dallas lost. Leinster one, and I'm a massive Arsenal fan, so they go. The stairs of a line Sunday for you, my friend. As well. So I'm, it's all coming up. So I, I, I reckon February's going to be a brutal month for me because, that's how these things it's only go. Fair. You don't, you don't string, you don't string, you don't string months together of success as a as a multiple sports fan. Um, someone's going to upset you. But yeah, look, a lot to get through this week. Obviously, kicking off as always with the Ola uh, Sasquatch staff. We'll then do a review of, I suppose, the division round. Um, we'll have a bit of he- back and, and forth. We'll both kind of discuss the games, as opposed to breaking it down individually. And then we'll, we'll preview, obviously, the two championship games. Um, keep it short, sharp, sweet, snappy. I think so.
2: But uh, yeah, I think like that's the format which inflicts the least misery on the viewers, is these shorter episodes.
1: The short episodes, uh, plus obviously you're suffering with an ailment, so I'm trying to get you back to bed as soon as possible. Um, yeah, yeah I suppose quickly kicking off Sasquatch that on Saturday, Travis Kelsey passed Jul- Julian Edelman for the second most career receptions in the postseason, with 120. Jerry Rice has the most with 151, so we may might see it this year, but I think it's on the cards. That Travis Kelsey sets the record for. Post season career, Travis Kelce, man.
2: We'll talk about him in a few minutes, but cheat code, absolute dude, absolutely. Um,
1: yeah. So as we mo- moving forward, first game division game, uh, round. Let's get to it. Uh, Chiefs, Jags. The only thing I ever like the first note I have written down is debt, taxes, and the Kansas City Chiefs making the AFC Championship game.
2: Yeah, I think. Um, I think biggest headline out of this game is, is that injury that Patrick Mahomes sustained I think it's a yeah. strained MCL is it or an ankle anyway you could it's an ankle injury you could absolutely see it it affected his mobility on place. even when he was just um, taking a few steps backwards to hand the ball off he was practically hopping on one foot backwards um, mm. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this game but
1: yeah, I mean, it, w- it was very much as expected, yeah, uh, to be so. fair. You expected the Chiefs to progress. And, and, and you did kind of expect the Jags to push them close.
2: And I think uh, um, the, the Jags were unlucky a in a few plays. Um, it could have been closer. Obviously, there was a, a tipped Chad Henney ball um, when he came in for a few plays. That was in the air for, I don't know, three or four seconds. Um, if the Jags had been able to come down with that interception... Um, That would have been an instant red zone. And then, of course, the Jamal Agnew fumble towards the end. And then the probably miscalculated um, interception thrown by Trevor Lawrence. So, I think we saw the rookie rust. I say rookie, I mean the inexperience of the younger team. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think, though, as a a whole, not even just comparing it to last season. Jags fans got to know they have that guy oh absolutely on the centre yes and head coach um,
2: I think um, like Doug Peterson is the first coach to bring a franchise and deliver them a playoff win having you know used or selected number one overall the previous year so I think I think you have to regard it as a very successful surprising result this season or or You know, sort of turn of events this season for Jacksonville. Um, Mm,
1: He's also 7-0 against the spread as an underdog in the playoffs, which is is an underrated statistic. Uh, He'll always play it close. I think, if we're being brutally honest, um, I think we got on a bit of a train with with Jacksonville, but there Mm. was a point, especially in the early season, where we were we were questioning. If, um, he was going to be a bust, yeah, Ooh, like we question that this
2: season. I think um, four or five weeks into the season, I think um, the Jags were on top of the division, but that spoke more to the struggles, the early struggles of Indy and Tennessee. But then mm. we did see a, a big slump mid-season from Trevor Lawrence, and then even when he had one really, really good game, myself and yourself were a bit cautious. You know, we wanted to see. Um, that sort of level of play be sustained, um, and I think he certainly elevated his base level of play. I think
1: absolutely, and I think the confidence from a playoff comeback, when all it does settles, um is going to be huge for his development. Yeah, I can do this, um, and I
2: think as well. Just it's that. No, sorry, finish statement victory. I was
1: going to say it's that statement victory that. Every young quarterback, kind of yeah, night.
2: absolutely. Um, I was just gonna say, just a minor point as well is that the entire NFL and probably Jags flan- fans in- included were clowning the front office there for signing Christian Kirk to a 20 million a year deal. But maybe he um, he's not producing as high or as much as you know the top, top tier receivers, but he's had a very quietly, a really good season, and at times he's looked like a wide receiver one for the Jags. They've kind of done what they've yeah. done with, you know, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Jamal Agnew, uh, Marvin Jones. It's not a, it's not a veritable who's who of, of weapons. So I think it is a, it's a big vote of confidence now in the Jags. Um, coach with Dougie, and they are. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's similar to, kind of how I view the situation in Chicago. I know Justin Fields obviously isn't, isn't at the le- level of Trevor Lawrence. Just yet, but you kind of know he's going to be that guy. Just yet. It now gives... It now gives the front office the kind of security to go out and go land that marquee free agent. That's going to help Absolutely. him develop further.
2: Because prior to the season... It's, it's trending upwards. Yeah, prior to the season, their GM Trent Bulky was being hounded. Obviously, he was in charge of the hire of Urban Meyer and has been... In charge of the draggers for, for the last number of years, and it's just been pretty uh, deflating for Jags fans. But he's absolutely mm. bought himself an extended tenure in the team. Um, yeah, Jags trending up. Yeah, good to see. Um, um, the Chiefs move it on. Um, well, briefly to touch m- on the Chiefs, what are your confidence in the Chiefs going forward? Mm. Knowing they they obviously look very good. Um, Travis Kelsey... Is obviously just the dude. the The weapons around Patrick Mahomes are obviously newer to the system than Tyreek, and you, you know you could, you can talk up Kansas City, but at the end of the day, he's going to have this this injury hobbling him and potentially taking away his mobility going forward going uh, going forward now for the rest of the playoffs.
1: I I think. Look, and we'll get to Who the kind of opponents are going to be in the AFC Championship game I think it was a very close matchup with a perfectly healthy Patrick Mahomes I'm very concerned for the Kansas City Chiefs with a partially fit Patrick Mahomes and then obviously without a Patrick Mahomes there is no opportunity that they win there they would be beaten at home by a side with more Genesequa, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. Um, than I've ever seen.
2: And I, I know we will touch on that game, um, but Patrick Mahomes, probably the number one quarterback in the NFL, hard to dispute. I think he would be facing off against th- the number two quarterback. I think he's established, Joey Coole has established yeah, himself as he, number two.
1: He is definitely the most valuable player in terms of what that side looks like with him versus what that side looks like without him.
2: yeah absolutely he ties it up it is to me he is he is the master orchestrator of improv improvisational you know football even when he's when he's which is going to be hampered by his his injury because you know you see him extend the plays and when you think there's no way in heck that he's going to complete a pass or or convert a third down and long he just does um, so it will be. It's mm. a big cause for concern, I think, going forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I would share share the sentiment. Um, and look, we obviously as neutral fans going into that game, we want a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes because it could oh, be
2: absolutely, yeah.
1: a game for the ages, and it also could be the second. Game, in what is vast becoming, our generation's, Brady Manning. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. That's that's it. So I suppose moving on, uh, we'll try and limit the discussion on this game. This was a happy uh, game for for um the auditory senses so this, yeah. of the listener base. Yeah. Look, so I suppose look, Eagles victorious over the Giants. I think just to kind of quickly throw out a few points i think it just came crashing down for the giants we've talked at nauseam about how this side is overachieving throughout the season it's been a phenomenal year for them make no mistakes about it. giants you're kind of they've been kind of everyone's second team uh i don't know where that's because everyone kind of loves brian Dable. but yeah look i think it just was a step too far maybe and um, you kind of got reminded of just the limitations of Danny Dimes, so-called. Um, I think. I think that if if they haven't already, if they hadn't already made up their mind, I think you'd hope the Giants front office is astute enough to say, "Look, he's he's just not. He's an NFL level standard, but not when you want to push on and be in the playoffs every year."
2: Yeah, he might be a uh, and and Kirk Cousins tier. Um,
1: yeah Kirk's good enough to get you to the playoffs but he won't get you over the hump so what do you want as an organisation and maybe the Giants just want to be competitive in the playoffs bounce out every, in the first round until they re they rebuild the, the roster and then they've got a genuine opportunity at a you know a top 5 quarterback be that via the draft be that via free agency like maybe he, he is extended until they get to that position there's, there's Multiple ways to skin a cat. Quarterback doesn't have to just come from the draft. But what I throw the money at him, what I make it a hard to—that's that, the problem, man. So Kirk Cousins' contract is is a hard one to get off. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of where I stand on the Giants. Just just wasn't the be for them. For ourselves, obviously, it was it was a brilliant watch, probably a terrible watch for the neutrals. We kind of put to bed. Probably the concerns around the recent form, and um, but look, Lane Johnson back fully fit and healthy is. It, if you if you've ever had concerns about who the key player was in our offense, it's it's fairly ob- uh, evident. It's it's, it's Lane.
2: Um, Absolutely, the linchpin.
1: Don't get me wrong, Jalen Hurts was brilliant. That's his first playoff win. I thought run game was phenomenal. Fantastic. can uh, game well had probably a top ten play performance from a Philadelphia Russian uh, running back of all time. Yeah, he came uh, in when uh, he was um, late in the
2: game and just was gashing the Giants. Um, mm. I think back when they were chasing Boston the Scott. first down and he, he scored that long touchdown. Yeah, Boston Scott. I'm telling you, I think I, I said this last week, take the Boston Scott anytime touchdown. I don't know whether they scheme it up or whether this lad is just, I don't know, the God of War incarnate. When he plays the Giants, but man, Boston Scott versus just, the Giants—he he just he just loves the whole Giant Killer um, um,
1: moniker, <coughs> I think.
2: Yeah, I'll, just to touch very briefly on on Daniel Jones, I do think the Giants will re-sign him. I think obviously Dayball is just a rookie head coach, and we've seen Daniel Jones flourish. So while I think maybe while um, Danny Dimes is a quarter or uh, Kirk Cousins you know level quarterback outside of this system maybe dayball can elevate him because we have seen him have some high level success in games this season and now a lot of that was on also on the back of saquon so a a full you know four year i don't know like 40 30 to 40 million uh, a year would sort of give me pause maybe 30 is a bit more friendly actually but yeah, I, I I could see them also signing him to a a bridge sort of mid level length contract, two three years maybe just to to see what level that he can bring them to. Um, and mm. then all, also overall, I think yeah, the Eagles, you know, early in the season, their their run defense was a big issue that seems to have been, you know, rectified. Obviously, they bring out in Linval and Sue and pretty much contained Saquon James Bradbury got a I mean like he's played well against the Giants this year he's had two revenge wins but the interception on Daniel Jones in the playoffs I think was the you know the yes, the resistance chef's kiss um, the chef's kiss I think it was an all around great performance by the Eagles and I think with Jalen Hurts you know I think they are the NFC's best team even though I might have said it was the 49ers a couple of weeks from now. I needed to see this performance.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair. Because um, obviously we're going to get to it. Obviously we cover the other games. And we do a bit of an NFC championship preview, but uh, I think they're actually very similar sides. the 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 strength of the AFC is very much who's the best quarterback in the division. In the NFC. It appears to be which is the most complete side
2: in the division. Anyway, look, we could um we could talk about the the birds all day, so we'll we'll, we'll talk about their next matchup when we get onto them, but we'll move on to the next game. Yeah, perfect. Um,
1: so for all the chat about kind of the most complete team, this was obviously a battle of two key quarterbacks. Obviously, the this. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. So the, the Bengals came to town. And look, to be fair, it was a fairly comprehensive 27 to 10 win over the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, in the snow. I thought the the game was won in the first quarter. Joe was just was irresistible. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the footage of him in the warm up throwing the kind yeah, of the, pass
2: and spinning around. You could see he was in the zone. He was. He's like a savant at um, the quarterback position. And he was on. If
1: he was any more relaxed, he would have been vertical. Um, He's any more laid back, he'd be vertical. He's just... Different level. I think he has definitely surpassed Josh Allen as the second best quarterback in the AFC. What I would also say, which is quite a strange one, we should have kind of seen it coming. The level of credit Josh Allen has got... For both in college and in the pros, running Patrick Mahomes close, yeah, is far greater than the amount of recognition Joe Burrow has got for beating Patrick Mahomes. And that's something you need to kind of maybe go. What is this kind of? It's almost as if maybe look Buffalo's upstate New York. Maybe there's more New York journalists in the Buffalo area than there is in the Cincinnati area many of the football writers in Ohio might be Browns fans. But I, I just think to deny this bloke anymore, his his rifle spot as the second best quarterback potentially would potentially be the, the number one quarterback in the NFL. Um I think is ludicrous for much longer.
2: Yeah, look you, just absolutely phenomenal. as you said, um Jer- Joe Burrow beat Patrick Mahomes. He's beaten them twice. In the last calendar year, mm. or th- twice, thrice, mm. and this um, upcoming game will be their fourth matchup. Um, again, we'll we'll talk about that. But yeah, Joe Burrow is, you know, he's as hot as he's been. Um, beyond that, the the D line for the Bengals, in fact, the defense as a complete unit showed up. Um, a lot of the the you know the secondary shut down. Stephon Diggs, he was a non-factor. You know, playoff Gabe Davis was... He got a snap on defense, but um, other than that, it was pretty an unnoteworthy game from him. Yeah, look, um, I I thought that the snow would lend itself to Buffalo, but we did just see the, the mm-hmm. defense get pressure on Josh Allen, and then the secondary should have done from there. So,
1: yeah, um. the
2: O-line injuries didn't seem to make a difference because uh, Joe Burrow just was slinging it coming out hot
1: yeah hot yeah cool at the same time mm. Um, mm. no I guessed but uh, yeah no there, there's just something about this Bengals side that's hard to to hate or hard to dislike I even thought Jamara was unlucky he could have had two touchdowns Um that second one was, was close And um, Joe Mixon again, not a huge game. You expect a good game in the, a good run game in the snow, but I just think they have a lot of weapons. They have a bit of experience. Now, I haven't got to the Super Bowl last year. You know what they say: you yeah, have got to lose one to win one. They are not them. I wouldn't say they're a dark horse because obviously they're. I think everyone left in the playoffs
2: yeah. is is a serious. I heard they have a dark horse when there's four teams left, but but I know. Eh. Well,
1: that was the year the year we won the Super Bowl. We played the Vikings and the Pats played the Jags. I think there was two darkest of horses in that one. Yeah. And they didn't win. But I think, yeah, it just, it's hard to hate them. Um, and I think they're on a collision course to make it to the Super Bowl, to be brutally honest. I see them overcoming the Chiefs. Um, there's three possibilities for the game which we'll get tomorrow Mahomes is healthy it's a coin toss Mahomes is hobbling around with patch to Chet Henney. Bengals overwhelming favourites Mahomes doesn't play it's not a contest so like I, I just see that the Bengals is having the easiest run through the AFC and um, yeah, an easier run for the AFC than
2: and like I said, um, the Bengals have played uh, the Chiefs three times in the year of our Lord 2022, beat them all three times, and that was with a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. unless we see something different, I, I, I couldn't really. And we, we we will talk about it. It the the Kansas City Chiefs are favored, but. In all honesty, I I don't understand that. Um, I think Joey Burrow is just playing lights out at the home moment. field
1: advantage. Home field advantage is is a huge element. Uh, I think yeah, if, as but Patrick's injury updates come true. That that that'll change.
2: We'll see. Um. But yeah, Bengals are playing their best football right now. Uh, yeah, best possible football at the best possible yep. time. It's mad to think they started the season
1: what, one yeah. 3 there was real contention about a Super Bowl hangover but look I, I, I think and I'm sorry Dallas fans but I'm not I think this is the uh, the recap I'm going to most enjoy
2: there yeah there's a, probably a bit of danger that Dallas fans will hear the the delight the fervour in our voices yeah
1: yeah so much for um, unbiased <laughs> journalism uh, yeah look i, I Again, look, obviously he was on in the, the early hours of a Sunday evening and two of us are two hard-nosed professionals. So, we didn't see it live. Uh, we've done our best to recap kind of today and, and glimpses and bits and segments and highlights and spells of the full game, I think, consumed by both of us. So apologies if we miss anything, but I think, look, you probably seen... The worst of Dak Prescott yet again, and with none of the best. You've seen
2: the old rookie trait. Well, with none of the best of of Dak Prescott to go with it.
1: None of the best, none of the best, and then you've probably seen a bit of a, you've seen a bit of a rookie rust with, with Brock Purdy. To be fair, but look, got the job done. Um, yeah, look, I think the Cowboys just couldn't afford. Any kind of slip-ups. And I think Dak had had thrown two picks in the first half. The Cowboys' defense finally did kind of show up. I know there's been a lot of lambasting of Micah Parsons that he didn't maybe necessarily show up since he called out Jalen Hurts. But they did pressure Brock Purdy 11 times. That's the most in his NFL career. And it did limit that kind of explosive 49ers' offense, to be fair. But look, it's going to be a huge topic conversation and there's going to be at
2: I think um, Ezekiel Elliott's probably played his last down as a Cowboy. and um, What a way to go. Yeah, taking a snap at centre. Oh, bizarre. It's just, um, I can't imagine the pain of Cowboys fans for the last play of their playoff run just to be swamped in as much controversy and ridicule as they have the last two years. Um, It was a bizarre play. There was some... Pretty ill-conceived and poor time management as well. Um, After the defense, you know, I think the defense did do their part. They did enough for the Cowboys to win. We just saw, you know, miscues with Dalton Schultz, um, obviously Dak, um, Tony Pollard went out injured early on. And even after then, Zeke at 90 million over four years. He was he was no sort of contingency for them. He couldn't do anything afterwards. Um, no. so I think they ran out of gas.
1: Yeah, I think so. I kind of noted this down in preparation for for this evening. Um, so I kind of managed on my lunch break to watch the full four, fourth quarter. Um, and I think what's going to be the most infuriating thing for Dallas is san francisco actually gave them multiple opportunities to win within the last kind of three minutes of the game um, and i think that is why to be brutally honest the cowboys are just not good enough and it's a combination of Dak under center to a lesser extent and then it's also a combination of McCarthy. so th- just to kind of briefly summarize it for you Dak was kind of given the ball with what was set to be kind of a career-defining drive in the dying stages. Cowboys then went three and out and punted the ball away just before the two-minute warning. It was kind of a poor decision from Elijah Mitchell and, and they ended up back with the, the ball. Eric Armstead had an opportunity to absolutely smash Dak late on and he, and he didn't. Mm. That gave the Cowboys the one last chance. And then, look, you, you, you touched on the... Some the Scholes incident. And... Um, like just embarrassing and then that final play with Mike McCarthy looking for a Hail Mary and he, he lines Dak is he get out on the centre it was just an embarrassing way to go at
2: 19-12 and then to set up this lateral if, if play if Dak's slinging it but to set up the lateral if, if play if Dak's oh, slinging oh, it sorry go on as, that's what I was going to say Like
1: if, if Dak's slinging it to win it and it's picked yeah no problem it's, you can live with
2: that yeah, I'm mean, on the shield, but it's just but to um, to set up ball. that lateral play and then just throw a slant, and to have um Gavonte Turpin immediately drilled by the defense, the San Fran defense, there wasn't any um Dallas players lined up behind Turpin to even lateral to um, mm. so just bizarre, very bizarre, and just for the the need for trying to give as much correct information as possible obviously Zeke was signed to a six year 90 million I just want to make sure that we're giving out the right info
1: more rubbing salt unnecessary salt and unnecessary wounds for the Cowboys fans at this stage Um, I think it's just for the Cowboys fans I think it's kind of becoming it's sports is an entertainment entertainment industry and I just think There is too many headlines and too much noise around the Cowboys for them ever to be successful. And that's the way I think under Jerry. um, I just don't think they will be successful under Jerry.
2: Yeah, look, we've seen them get close, get to the playoffs, and just completely fold. Um, There's some philosophical thing going on in Dallas there that's just not working. It's, um, it's a strange one because I, I think on paper they do have a, a really good roster mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we saw Both them the we saw them beat Tampa pretty convincingly but we just saw the limitations that's of an 8-9 team yeah as an 8-9 team and then we saw Dak I don't want to say his limitations because over his career he's probably proved he can do almost anything he just can't do it consistently. So while we saw a great Dak Prescott last week, we saw, you know, leader of throwing interceptions this season, Dak Prescott in this game. Yeah, I think I think the issue for me with Dak is it, it's not a
1: random bad game; it's when it matters most. I think, which I think is is the he issue. might be just
2: a shinier Kirk Cousins. And that's just because he wears silver, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, a more athletic Presence. Cousins. He is, he is an athlete, to be fair. He too. is. I think, yeah, he was. He's definitely been hampered athletically since that um, brutal leg injury he suffered years ago. I think he's sort of declined f- since then, since because he doesn't have that one-two punch. But um, unfortunately, I think Cowboys will be asking themselves some questions in the off-season. Way to have it. Way to Love have it. it.
1: And on that note, let's progress to preview of NFC Championship game. So, obviously, for ourselves as, as Irishmen, it is great to get this game in the early slate on Sunday. So, obviously, kick-off is 8 o'clock, Sunday the 29th of January in Lincoln Financial Field. Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, Welcome the 49ers to the city of borderly love um yeah look, i suppose it's probably less intriguing as a contest it's fair to say than the afc championship but nonetheless it's two very good sides so you've got eagles with a regular season record of 14 and 3 49ers with a regular season of 13 and 4 two best sides in the nfc championship uh, in the nfc meeting in the nfc championship game and I suppose, as I said, looked very similar in that. Top to bottom, the two of the more impressive rosters. Jalen Hurts, obviously, look, he has had a breakout uh, season. Breakout player of the year. Brock Purdy, you could argue, is Mr. Relevant. He's had a breakout year. What's that now? 11-0 in his, his entry to the NFL. I think the key storyline for the Irons is how this season plays out. I think even at this stage you'd have to be questioning, is it worth our while, I've said this a few weeks ago, I'm going to stick with it, is it worth our while relinquishing Trey Lance and focusing on Brock Purdy, this site is not built with Brock Purdy in mind, but he's done a job since he came in, he's only going to learn and get better, do we have an opportunity here to make a site around Brock Purdy and build for the next decade of 49ers football? I've I, I seen glimpses in him I see, I see plenty of upside and I think he might be a Kyle Shanahan guy uh, Kyle Shanahan loves Jimmy G because of what type of quarterback he is
2: yeah look um, I think there's going to be plenty enough quarterback desperate teams that maybe it's wise to move on from Trey Lance and you can try and recoup obviously you're not going to recoup what you spent on him but you know damage control because there's very little reason to move on from Brock Purdy he's um, going to have an extremely manageable contract for the next three years and you've shown that with the pieces around him um, that he can get you to the championship game Um, and there's scope uh, on his contract with Jimmy G
1: and maybe Trey Lance out of the building to bring in another piece
2: yeah absolutely um, I, we did see him struggle, struggle um, a little bit. This was the best defense that he's faced, and we saw some wayward throws. Um, but the strength of the team are the pieces around him. You know, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, uh, George Kittle. It's 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 like franchise mode in in Madden you just you get all your favourite players on a team and there's there's very little weakness in that 49ers roster and I think that's what you mean as well by they're similar teams to the Philadelphia Eagles they're both two extremely well-rounded teams um Mm. maybe without the star name I understand yes I think that is the big difference
1: um yeah, like, like I suppose and the only thing as, as an Eagles fan just to kind of to touch on, I know you kind of touched on it in the kind of recap of the Giants game, kind of our rush defense. I think that's where the this game is going to be won or lost is how can the Eagles hold up against that 49ers rush game, which obviously is Elijah Mitchell, it's Christian McCaffrey, and on kind of some, some wacky p- package plays, it's Debo Sandler. Mm-hmm. And while we have improved, I think we're still giving up, yeah, we're we're still giving up an average of 121 rushing yards per game. That's And that's all season long. That's even since the, kind of, the free agent signings, as as you mentioned. And I think the one problem I would say is look to our one loss with our preferred quarterback at starter, and that's the commanders, and they kind of provided a blueprint. It's kind of patient rushing attack and that kind of keeps our aggressive pass rushers from pressuring the quarterback, which is what San Francisco 49 is going to want to do with Brock Purdy in the center. He didn't look too hot. He like he was fine, but he didn't look too hot when he was getting pressured by Dallas defense. And I think it's going to be a very run centric offensive scheme for both teams. From from for both teams. But the worst case scenario for San Francisco is that the Brock Purdy has to sling it. He can but if he has to sling it all day our pass rushers were going to have him I'm one of the best teams in the league we are the best team in the league sorry a professional quarterback
2: so yeah I have to say um, big shout out to Hassan Reddick he's been phenomenal for the Eagles and I think if the Eagles do beat the 49ers he'll have a big part to play Um, obviously we, we saw the the, Cal- the Dallas D-line you know, pressure Brock Purdy, and that that was the cause of some of his decision-making issues. As you say, the Eagles have a better D-line and a better secondary. So even if Brock Purdy can make impromptu plays, you know you still have a, a better quality of secondary and cornerbacks and safeties back there um, to pick up the slack when the D-line can't bring it home. Um, I think the Eagles are favored in this game by two and a half points I think I saw two and a half points
1: yeah I think you can get a point and a half for home field advantage in the playoffs
2: look I said it last week that um, that Philly should have beaten the the, the Giants um, and I, I did I did put myself in the line of fire there because that could have backfired tremendously I think the Eagles and the 49ers they match up well they're a solid all well-rounded team the, the biggest advantage either team has is that the Philadelphia Eagles have Jalen Hurts, who's playing at an MVP level under center. center. Um, now, of course, the big retort to that is that Brock Purdy has won 11 games in a row. But um, we'll see what a good quarterback mixed with a good defense looks like against this San Fran team. And look, also,
1: the similarities don't end with just the roster build. We do have kind of a a batch of two young coaches, offensively oriented and scheme sound. So I think there could be a wild and wacky play in this one. That could either go incredibly right or incredibly wrong for either side.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think I gave the shout-out to Hassan Reddick, so I'll give one to the, the Niners. Fred Warner was just crazy in this game um, against the Cowboys so obviously Nick Bosa we saw the, the Eagles scheme away Micah Parsons when they played the Cowboys earlier on in the season maybe they can do that against Nick Bosa but then there's Fred uh, Warner to, to worry about so so we'll see how it goes I think it could yeah. be a fantastic game or it could be a, a boring game yeah, I defense think, yeah, I think. dominated game
1: be an old school Smash mountain style football game, given kind of what we've talked about—the the, kind of desire to run the game to keep both defenses sound. So, maybe one for the purists. But look, for for us as 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 biased as men with horse in the race, we're delighted that we're getting at eight o'clock kick off Irish time. We'll probably watch it all and then get to bed and get to work. Absolutely, as love it. Love the grind. Old as that makes me sound, yeah. Um, moving on, what's probably a far more attractive game for the neutral anyway, definitely for the neutral, is obviously the AFC Championship Decider, which kicks off about half eleven Irish time. The in Arrowhead, the Kansas City Chiefs, as discussed, welcome the Cincy Bengals and Joe, smoking Joe Burrow to Arrowhead. I suppose we're doing this preview on a monday it could age terribly by the time we even get to wednesday depending on on paddy's health status but i suppose just to quickly run it through how the sides got here best regular season in the best regular season record in the afc was obviously the kansas city chiefs 14-3 wildcard rounded a bye. and then they've obviously beaten jackson in the weekend 27 20. bengals got there with a 12-4 record Obviously, after that disaster start, they beat Baltimore 24-7 in a divisional matchup. And they they beat Buffalo quite comprehensively, 27-10. The kind of key storyline for the Chiefs is one storyline and one storyline alone. And that is Paddy Mahomes. What is his health status? We've talked about it ad nauseum. It will be all week. Just what is his health status? And it's going to be, as the game progresses, he could start healthy. And he could re-aggravate it and that could completely change the dynamic um, for the Bengals I suppose unfinished business it's kind of the key storyline here so they shocked the NFL last, last winter to be fair by upsetting the Chiefs uh, and then fell short in the Super Bowl against the Rams and look I suppose the one thing I'd be saying at this conjecture is they didn't get the respect they of this season like even I'll put my hand on my, my heart and I'll say it's a few times we admit we were like, I don't even know if Zach Taylor is the guy, mm. but if he gets the guys in the back-to-back Super Bowls, we can only assume he is the guy. As as amazing as as Joe Burrow is, that's an incredible achievement as a coach.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I'm like maybe a couple of years down the line something will happen and it'll be a Mike McCarthy Aaron Rodgers situation, but for now it looks like Zach Taylor is he's giving consistent returns um, you know battling back from their their bad start to the season to get into the AFC Championship game
1: yeah maybe not a Mike McCarty Aaron Rodgers as you say maybe not a good day to bring it up given what happened last night but that argument looked fairly different at the end of the regular season the Cowboys head to the playoffs and Aaron kind of off-smoking ayahuasca again
2: uh, hey he loves the media attention yeah Um. yeah look I think um, the big story here will be Cincinnati's D-line against Patrick Mahomes who mightn't be able to run or scramble around it could be a repeat of the Super Bowl we saw two years ago now is it Um. When Kansas' or uh, when Kansas's O line was ravaged by injury and then they fell to, I think it was um, the Bucs, Tom Brady's um, Bucs Super Bowl. Oh, yeah,
1: that when <laughs> Mahomes had to go complete Super Bowl yeah,
2: mode um, for the entire game. Yeah, they were basically, you know, turnstiles at at, at the O line position. Um, we could see that again, the and, human and we saw that that didn't end well. So, um. I think that's that's going to be you know the story of the game as you said we're we're going to hear non-stop media coverage on um, Mahomes' ankle throughout the week. Um so I think that's that's what it all comes down to. I think even with Mahomes injured they're still favored against the Bengals. And I know you say home field advantage mm-hmm. But I think just with with Burrow playing as he is, with the defense playing as it were, and just the team in general playing to as high a level as they are, I can't see why the Chiefs are are favorite here. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's the magic man. Travis Kelsey, Pacheco is a really, really good-looking running back. Yeah. Um,
1: but I was kind of thinking about this. I didn't want to sound like a broken record, but regardless of, of Mahomes' health status, be it once he's on the pitch and has, and is at least hobbling, anywhere from hobbling to fully fresh, given what went on last weekend, the Chiefs are going to need kind of like a strong, strong contribution from the run game. In obviously Jared McKinnon, and as our Latino friends would say, Isaiah Pacheco. And, uh, but as good as, as as you keep telling me, Isaiah Pacheco is, I don't see a combination of, of Pacheco and, and Jack McKinnon been able to kind of carry the workload as a run as a run team. Look, it's
2: agree, it's, disagree. it's a difficult one. I'm like there's just the ultimate question mark over Patrick Mahomes. You know, the mobility might affect something as simple as um you know, leaning into throws and and perhaps affecting his long ball. Um, I think no. I think I've seen enough from Pacheco, and I think uh, Pacheco and McKinnon sort of complement each other. McKinnon being the more receiving back. Now, look, I'll admit they're they're a far cry from I don't know the best running back tandems we've seen, uh, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler there a few years ago. Um, but I think they, I think Pacheco has been a surprise this season, and Jared McKinnon has had just a fantastic year for the Chiefs. Um, look, as y- as I you just say, don't, I, I, I'm not debating the talents. I
1: just don't see them as a as a high workload tandem, and that's my concern.
2: Yeah, look, it's a tough one to call, particularly when you saw we saw Joe Mixon have a. Would I have more confidence in Joe Mixon? Uh, and Samaj Pirine or Pacheco and McKinnon, obviously the the former. Um, and I think we, it's been a theme this playoffs. We saw Dallas not being able to get their one game going and ultimately falling, not being able to control the game versus the Niners, who could run the ball and could control the game. And uh, we saw the same with the Eagles. Um once they got up big they ran the ball and controlled that game they almost they did gave the giants few possessions to even attempt to come back so i agree that kansas city will need big contributions from the two buccos i don't know whether they can deliver it's a tough one there you're posing difficult questions that's my point mostly because they're in the future and i, know. I don't know what's I mean. going to happen
1: yeah we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow um, yeah but I suppose the keys keys for the Bengals obviously is is is, a, is another good performance by Joe but outside of that I think similar to kind of how he got the job done last year I think they did four sacks and forced Mahomes into two interceptions and they just kind of give him a world of problems and didn't let him settle into a rhythm if they can do that again regardless of Joe's performance I think they, they'll take this one um, assuming he is fit and healthy obviously if he's not then as we touched upon I don't think they stand a chance. They're healthy, Mahomes. No. So, look to to summarise it quickly for the listener. Who's battled on favourites for Super Bowl?
2: What's your, what's your pick? My pick is the Birds versus Bengals. Birds. birds. The
1: birds. Birds. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my pick at the start when we did a playoff bracket. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna back it. Bengals. Philly Super Bowl Philly to win a Super Bowl
2: 24-21 Yeah That's that's the prediction I think it's going to be more of a 30-31 A nice um, Evan McPherson Field goal Miss To to let the The Birds <sighs> Take the victory there
1: Evan McPherson to go full Brett matter Yeah
2: <laughs> Yeah no, I don't know. I don't know. I th- that's probably unrealistic. Um, but I'm going to go with the yeah, birds and Bengals. I think the two more complete-looking teams in in the, in each conference. Fair.
1: Well, look, I suppose, in summation, that's all for me. And that's it
2: for me. Thank you. And ciao. Okay.
1: to go deep into the end zone. We better put some people in the end zone, right, Joe? That's exactly right.
2: I mean, Get there's nobody there.
0: inside the 10. Get back, here. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Touch! Touchdown! No! No!
2: The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play.